We're in, uh, well, we're all over the place. <laughs> so who remembers the commercial? How do you spell relief? R-O-L-A-I-D-S, right? Because it's a way to find relief. At least that's what they want you to do and spend your money that way. So here's one. How do you spell pastor? <laughs> We'd say dictator? D-I-C-T-O. <laughs> uh, I've, got, I've got a few words here that can be used. I, I, I sat there and I wrote down a few and then I grabbed my thesaurus and I looked at it and the first two hits I didn't have written in my list. Uh, minister. Parson, shepherd, padre. Padre is especially, because uh, I'm, I'm avoiding the Catholic ones, but once you get in the military, the chaplain is padre. Uh, not always, but often. It doesn't matter if he's Catholic or not, because we say padre means father, and Protestants don't use that. Well, yeah, when it's talking about the chaplain, he's padre. Uh, shepherd, uh, vicar, vicar, and it's one we don't use here, but if we were in England, vicar would be a common word for it. Uh, clergyman, and, and preacher. And I thought about preacher because that's what I used to claim once upon a time. Uh, when I came here, I was a young man. Something happened <laughs> over the years. But, but when I came here, I was a young man, and it was, this was my first senior, first and only senior pastorate. And uh, I was intimidated by the word pastor. I didn't like to tell people I was the pastor. I felt unworthy of the title. So if someone asked me, I would say I was the preacher. I'm the preacher over at Trinity Bible Fellowship. And, and they go, okay. And, and I think what, what many people thought, because uh, at that time I was also working off and on with Warren Damption doing construction kind of things. And uh, I think what people thought was I was a builder who sometimes also preached. Uh, because I think that was the impression I gave, because I felt unworthy of the title pastor. And then, and then uh, one day, God reached down and went smack. Uh, right here, it hurt. No, <laughs> and, and I and I realized this is the title that I'm supposed to have, and I'm I'm hiding from it. I was ducking from my responsibility, and and that was one of the ways I was doing it. And I took the name uh, or the title because I was I was supposed to. And whether I am worthy of it or not is not the point. Uh, the point is that that's the job I'm called to. You could add a couple more to the, that list of all those words overseer, and elder. And you go, well, wait a minute, we have elders and we have pastors. They're not the same thing. Well, we're going to explore that today. We've already done, last week we did this pretty thorough look at through the word elder at what elders do. Today we're going to see if we can learn a little bit more about elders by looking at synonyms for elders. And there are two big ones, overseer and shepherd. Okay, so they're overlapping titles. And the first thing you want to see is make clear that these titles overlap. Elder, shepherd, uh, overseer overlap in the way they're used in Scripture. And, and you hear me saying shepherd, and then I said pastor. Well, you have to understand pastor and shepherd are the same word. The, the, Greek, the Greek word is poemas, okay, uh, and it means shepherd. And it is usually translated shepherd. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, where we had our scripture reading today, most of your Bibles will say, and he gave some to be pastors and teachers. And, and some uh, will say shepherds and teachers, but most say pastor and teacher. That is the only time that word is translated pastor in most Bibles. Every other time you find that word, it is translated shepherd. Uh, and you go, hmm, that's interesting. And by the way, we'll find out that's not a mistake. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting when we, 
when we see that. But uh, we want to see, we, we want to, we, first of all, we have to recognize that. The word pastor means shepherd, okay? Uh, and so when we look at these different passages and we find the word shepherd, we can understand the office of pastor is at least implied in that. So let's turn to First Peter 5, 1 to 3. And some of you have gone here with me uh, various other times. And, and by the way, we're not finished with 1 Peter chapter 3 uh, as we go through this exploration of elders uh, over the next few weeks. This is two of five uh, on elders. Uh, 1 Peter 5, 1 to 3, elders are addressed. Sorry, 1 Peter 5, not 3. <laughs> Therefore, I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed. Peter says, I'm an elder. I'm addressing you as fellow elders. He's, he, he, just, he just lays that out, who he is speaking to. And here's what they're told. Uh, shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God and not for sordid gain, but with eagerness, nor yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge, but providing to be examples to the flock. And so we find those words, we find shepherd the flock among who you have oversight. We, and, and so we have those three words, shepherd, overseer, elder. All three of those words are, are in that one passage all addressed to the same people, right? The elders are told to shepherd the flock and whom they oversee, and we find the three words there. Uh, shepherd is used there as a verb. Uh, two time, or, and then we have exercise oversight is a command. Neither one is given as a title, but we see the three intertwined in the way they're used. And then let's turn to the book of Acts. This is one uh, that's not so often used to, to make this point, but it's, it's pretty good. I like it. Acts chapter 20. In Acts chapter 20, Paul is returning from one of his missionary journeys, and he is on his way to Jerusalem. And on his way back, he wants to stop and talk to the elders of Ephesus, but he doesn't want to actually go to Ephesus. I think it's the kind of thing where if I stop at Ephesus, I'll never get out of there in time. But I need to give this message to them. So he goes to a town called Miletus, which is down the coast a little from Ephesus, and then he sends message for the uh, sends a message for the elders to come meet him in Miletus. So Acts chapter twenty, verse seventeen, says this: From Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called to him the elders of the church. And then in verse twenty-eight, skipping most of what he says, skipping down to verse twenty-eight. We read this, uh, be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. And so we find he calls the elders down. He says, says God has made you uh, overseers, so shepherd this flock. And we find, again, all three of those words are intertwined. He's addressing elders. He tells them to, to shepherd the church and to give oversight to the church. So we find them, these, these words are clearly um, intertwined. Those three words are addressing the same people. If we compare, just this is not quite so intertwined in such a way, but if we compare 1 Timothy 3 with Titus chapter 1. 1 Timothy 3 is the passage we usually go to when we're talking about elders and looking at what are the qualifications of an elder. So in 1 Timothy 3, verse 1, it says, It is a trustworthy statement. If any man aspires to the office of overseer, it is a fine work he desires to do. And then he goes on and lists the qualifications of an overseer. In Titus chapter 1, it's a little bit different. Uh, in Titus chapter 1, verse 5, um, 
For this reason, I left you in Crete, that you would set in order what remains and appoint elders in every city as I should direct you. Namely, and he goes on and goes through the qualifications. And so in in 1 Timothy chapter 3, he talks about the qualifications of an elder. And in Titus chapter 1, he talks about the qualifications of, of, of of an overseer. And as you look, the qualifications are the same, and the job description that he gives them are so similar. It's the same person. Uh, And so I want to simplify the complex because somehow this has gotten weird in our modern world, this idea of everything. It's not complicated. It took me, how long did that, I didn't, I was going to check my time when I started, and I didn't. Because guess what? I really don't pay that much attention to time when I'm up here. But <laughs> you say, we know. Okay. Uh, it, it took me, what, five minutes to walk through and show from those passages how these words, elder, overseer, shepherd, overlap and are referring to the same person doing the same job. It's not complicated. But people being what they are and Christians being people, <laughs> right? We've managed to take this and make it this complicated thing. And first, but the first thing that messes up in English, if, if, if I say this, I don't, I can't prove this. I'm just speculating. The first thing that messed this up was that the word overseer was translated bishop, <laughs> because bishop is a word without meaning to us. Overseer, which by the word is the word episkopos, from which you get episcopalian, right? Overseer is is it makes sense. Someone who oversees, right? Ooh, that's deep, right? A bishop is. You know, that guy with the pointy hat on chessboards that moves in diagonals. No, he's, 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 a, he's a high church officer. He does, he does these things. And, and so uh, it gets to be confusing because this word bishop is a church word that we get a church context and understanding of. And so at first it was translated bishop. Well, that, that was in English. Uh, he was made not one of several overseers in a church, but one overseer over several churches. Right, and so when I say several overseers over one church, uh, you know, if elder is the same as overseer in our church, we have three guys we call elders and two guys we call pastors. Five elders working in one body, right? Uh, but when it becomes bishop, it becomes one bishop overseeing several churches, and and sometimes in several cities and communities. Uh, depending on where they are. And, the, and it, it becomes applied in very differently from, I think, how it was originally meant to be. And I think ori- first it was in a particular city. And, and so, uh, and this was actually very important in, in the early church formation uh, as heresies were, were bounding and they were the first time things and people had to figure out how to address them. The bishops of other cities, various cities would come to councils and, and try to discuss and, and solve these solutions or come to solutions to these problems. And, and they became renowned for that. And that was important. It was at that day, it was, it was a good thing. But I don't think it was how God intended this whole thing to work. They, they, they were particular cities. Then they were large areas. And then under that bishop, that one bishop, were various pastors who led those various churches. And then under those pastors in those churches were elders who were assigned to assist him. And a hierarchy was formed that I don't believe was ever intended, right? I think what was intended was this officer, this office in church that we call either pastor, elder, or overseer, pastor, yeah, elder, overseer, or shepherd, elder, and overseer, became confused with some hierarchy in the church or between churches and, and this, this structure that, that I don't think God ever intended. 
Uh, what we learn what we, when we use these words as we find in scriptures, it's much simpler. The three officers are the same. And this guy we call a pastor is an elder with specific extra duties and pay that goes along with that. Okay, and, and, and that's, I don't think that's inconsistent, and we'll see that again as we go. The titles overlap, but at the same time, I mean, my whole point isn't to say, so there, uh, uh, I think as we look at what these different titles are, it gives us greater insight into what the role of the elder is and what the elder is supposed to do. So the first title I want to look at, I, I want to skip elder because, like I said, we covered that pretty in-depth last week. I want to go to overseer. Okay, overseer. First, that title could be oppressive. Overseer, right? Uh, the guy who makes sure you're doing your job. Your overseer at work. I, I'm, I don't know how to do a whip, but if I could, I'd have it up here and I'd go, you know, make it do that loud pop, the bull whip. Okay, bull overseer. Let's look at 2 Chronicles chapter 2, verse 18 for a minute. If you like this uh, discussion on, on overseer, you can give John the credit because he came in and we talked about it. If you don't like it, blame him. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 18. Uh, and, and what happened is I just, I was looking for overseer, and in my New American Standard, uh, I, I really didn't find the word in the way I wanted it. So I just left the thing go. But, but spurred on by John, I, I did a little more looking, and I found some different things. So first of all, off, 2 Chronicles chapter 2, verse 18. Second, it's Chronicles. I'm sorry, did I say Corinthians earlier? You know. It's, it's a lot like Corinthians, only it's in the Old Testament. <laughs> second Corinthians, second. <laughs> I told you my New Year's resolution was to not do that anymore, right? Somehow it's the end of May and I'm still doing it. Uh, second Chronicles. Chronicles, Chronicles, Chronicles. <laughs> second Chronicles, chapter 2, verse 18. So we're talking about building the temple. Right? And, and, uh, we're talking about the workers building the temple and, and the people who were assigned to do it. It says, he appointed 70,000 of them to carry loads and 80,000 to quarry stones in the mountains and 3,600 supervisors to make the people work. That's what the New American Standard says. It says supervisors. The New International Version, the New Living Translation say foremen. But the English Standard Version, the King James Version, the New King James Version, guess what they say? Overseers. Overseer. Now, the overseer to make them carry loads and quarry stones. That's work, right? That's I've, I've never quarried stone. Actually, I did. You know, the, the, the rock that we have in the entryway, I helped Dan Anderson get that from some shale place up near... Kettle Falls or something. I don't know where we went. I was up on the Kanixu River, I think. But, but uh, I helped get that rock. I don't remember if we went out and picked it up or bought it at a quarry, but, but that's as close as I've ever gotten. <laughs> I've never cut stone out of rock in a hillside, or I, I don't know how they do it. It doesn't make sense to me that you can do this, uh, especially in their day, and we know they did awesome work. But these guys were working. They were working hard, and, and it took it took... 70,000 to carry the loads, 80,000 to quarry stones, and only 3,600 overseers, or overseers, what they do, they sat back and said, work harder. That one's a little crooked, fix that. 
<laughs> Drink your coffee. I like it. That's what I do at, at BBS. I walk around with a cup of coffee. I say, good job. That's my job, right? It's, 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 I love that job. Overseer. It could be very oppressive. You picture the guy with the whip making everybody work. He gets paid more because nobody likes him, right? But that's not the picture, the picture that we find of the overseer in the church. Uh, in practice, it's very hard to separate the word overseer from shepherd when we start looking at the New Testament uses of overseer. So let's go back to 1 Peter 2. I'm, I said that correctly, by the way. 1 Peter chapter 2. Um, I said chapter 2. I mean chapter 5. <laughs> I read what I wrote. <laughs> I even write it wrong. Okay. I was looking at chapter 5, verse 2, speaking to the elders, he says, shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, right? It, 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 the passage is more about the attitude of the person in the role uh, than the job that the person is supposed to do. But these words, pastor and shepherd, overseer, are clearly intertwined, or shepherd and overseer. In Acts chapter 20, uh, chapter 20, My it is. I am. Acts chapter twenty. My I think my brain started Memorial Day this morning. <laughs> so Acts chapter twenty verses twenty eight through thirty two. He's describing the job. This is what Paul called the elders up from Ephesus for, right? Uh, he he. This is why he called them up. Acts chapter twenty verses twenty eight through thirty two. Be on guard for yourselves. And for all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood, I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise, speaking perverse things to draw them away, to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be on the alert, remembering that night and day for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up, to give you the inheritance among all those who are uh, sanctified. So he says, he calls, the, 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 he calls them overseers, and then he gives them a responsibility of protecting the flock, right? Here's your job to oversee as in watch over for protection, Oversee to watch over to make sure the flock is okay. The emphasis is on guarding the church. The overseers watch over to protect. It's a superhero name. The overseer. <laughs> I don't know what his powers are. <laughs> but it's, you know, you think about it, you say it sounds corny. Well, so does Superman. You know, it's like, it gets worse if you go Batman. That gets weird. But, uh, Overseer overlaps with elder. It's another name for the same person, but it adds a little flavor to the job. It takes the idea of a guard, of a protector, of a defender. Helps us to better understand that title of elder. Now let's move on to shepherd. And as I said, this is only translated pastor once, but we find out there's a good reason for that. Uh, this word, poemas, sometimes refers to Jesus, the good shepherd. And he's always called the good shepherd, not the good pastor right? Uh, that would feel like it was demeaning him somehow. Uh, so when it's applied to Jesus, it's always referred to as shepherd. Sometimes it refers to actual shepherds, as in shepherds were out watching their flocks by night, 
Okay, it's clearly talking about shepherds out watching their flocks. Shepherd is the correct translation. Sometimes it's used as a verb. When it says, shepherd the flock among you, it is a verb. It's telling you what to do. And there's only one time it's used as a noun to, prefer, to, to refer to a person in office, a church office. And that one time they translate it pastor instead of shepherd. And you go, well, that actually kind of makes sense. It's a one-off, and they're using it this way for this church officer. And so it kind of works that it's not simply said shepherd. If it translated shepherd, that doesn't bother me. Uh, but the word is translated pastor, and that makes sense. It's for a specific purpose and use. And, and so it's not as arbitrary as it might sound. Uh, it distinguishes this shepherd from the others, uh, and the Bible is consistent in that even though it's only used once. Uh, but it is as shepherd that we find what the word shepherd means that we find what this adds to our understanding of the elder. Shepherd brings images of gentleness and caring, right? Notice the way Peter uses it again. Once again, back to 2 Peter. You guys might get tired of 2 Peter chapter 5 before we're done with 1 Peter chapter 5. <laughs> Before we're done, yeah, if you find 2 Peter 5, you got the wrong Bible. Okay, 1 Peter 5, the way he uses it, shepherd the flock among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, not for sordid gain, but with eagerness, not yet, nor yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock right? Not lording it over those who are under your charge, but being examples to your flock. Uh, he, he uses it in a way that, that sounds caring and considerate, voluntarily. He says eagerly, be examples. And it's kind of interesting when we talk about being examples that Peter describes himself as a fellow elder, right? Because Peter could easily have pulled rank at this point, could he not? As Peter, the disciple to the Jews, <laughs> Right? As Peter, the one Jesus called the rock. As Peter, who Jesus said, well, what did Jesus say? He said, I will build, well, it was to Jesus, Peter, he was speaking when he said, on this rock, I will build my church. He, is, he didn't pull rank, though. Instead, what did he do? He pulled himself back, and he says, as a fellow elder, just like you. Right? He says, like you, let me share what I know. He's, not, he's doing exactly what he's asking them to do, to be an example. To, he is shepherding the shepherds, so to speak. Uh, he is, he is uh, not lording it over them, but proving to be an example. And he's passing on to them what Jesus said to him. Uh, in, in John chapter 21, we have this famous encounter between Peter and Jesus after the resurrection. Uh, the, the, they're at the Sea of Galilee. The disciples are fishing. Jesus is fishing or cooking some fish on the shore. And they don't know it's him. Jesus, Jesus says, hey, throw your net on the other side. And they go, oh, great. Yeah, they worked all night. They're tired. They throw the fish on the other side. All of a sudden, it's caught with fish. And Peter goes, I know who that is. Jumps off the boat, leaves his buddies with the fish. <laughs> he runs up to shore, and he spends some time with Jesus. Jesus cooks some fish. He has them bring some more fish. They eat breakfast. And then Peter and Jesus take a little walk. I should say, Jesus and Peter take a little walk because Jesus is the one that initiates this. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, shepherd my sheep. 
You might have a version that says, says something other than shepherd here, but it's that, it's that word poema. It can be translated as, as tend to or take care of, like the way we think of shepherding something. Uh, the, the, I, th- I, think of, I think of Miss Lori leading the cubbies back after game time. <laughs> and she lines them all up there, and she gets in front of them, and, and she's, I can't even imitate what she does. It's, it, but, but she does her nice little shepherdess thing, and the cubbies all follow her. You know, they happily go along behind her. They, she is leading the flock, and they're following what she does. She's shepherding the kids. It's, it's a tender picture. But then there's the third time. Peter was grieved because he said to him, the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. And three times, Jesus gave him that picture of tend my lambs, shepherd my sheep, tend my sheep. Uh, tend. Attend to. Attend to the needs of. It's, it's a looking out for, taking care of. You don't get a picture of a cowboy on horseback driving cows, right? How do you drive cows? You get behind them. <laughs> you push them. Anybody here ever push calves through a chute? That's fun, isn't it? <laughs> Somehow it is. I don't know. I think I have a twisted mind. Uh, but calves, not cows. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can tell you a story about trying to chase some bulls through a chute once. <laughs> it was not, it didn't work. Uh, <laughs> cowboys drive cows. Shepherds lead sheep. Picture, picture Miss Lori walking behind the cubby saying, move on, move on. <laughs> picture those cubbies running off. <laughs> Every direction. No cohesion at all. You lead sheep. You don't drive sheep. Uh, You get the picture of the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters. Did I get that right? I start start butchering it. I blame blame all the different versions for that. You know, when there's one version, you can learn it. (laughs) You lose it when when you don't. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. And you have this this incredible, peaceful sense. The Lord is my shepherd. This is what the word shepherd adds to our understanding of elder. He He is someone who is supposed to lead God's people into blessing. Someone who is supposed to lead and guide and bring that about. And then we go on to the next verse, which is so significant. This is the turning point of the psalm. And it sounds like it's turning dark, but it's not. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And if you've never heard me say this before, you will in the future. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Because he's been saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me. He guides me. He makes me lie down. You are with me in the valley of the shadow of death. And and it's a turning point, not because it gets darker, but because it gets more personal. And, and, And in the midst of the most difficult situations, he is personally there with you. That's the picture shepherd brings. To our, to our understanding uh, of this role of the elder. Uh, now, our, pastor, our view of pastor, by the way, is very different from that. 
partly because you see me and you go, Steve, that ain't you. Uh, but we view the pastor as the person who leads the church and preaches, right? What does the pastor do? Well, he preaches. What else does he do? Leads the church, studies, visits people at the hospital. That's what the pastor does. Um, that's, we, it's, and in our mind, it becomes this job, like a business job with this business description or something. Uh, and we view the pastor as that guy. But the Bible does not make a distinction between the pastor and the elders, except for that it talks about one who preaches and teaches, right? Or those who preach and teach. The pastor is, or the pastors are, elders. Uh, with, with, they just have more specific job descriptions, right? They have more specific job descriptions. They have specific expectations on them. And to meet those expectations, they get paid. And some of the elders might be saying, man, I think I do enough. <laughs> I should be getting a little of this. Well, you know, we'll have to deal with that when I'm done with this series. Because, But anyway, let's put this all back together. Starting with what we had last week, the elders are to offer leadership in whatever direction it is needed. You know, in whatever situation comes up. Uh, a variety of different situations, whatever comes up, the elders provide leadership in that. We add to that the guarding and protection of the overseer. We add to that the gentle care of the shepherd. Uh, and this is what the elder is supposed to be. And by the way, like I said last week a few times, the elders right now feel especially pressure. <laughs> you can't hear all this and not take it personally. Uh, our elders strive for this, right? Uh, the... the and, and elders should. Those, when, we, when we come around to voting this fall in our new offices and things, uh, you should look at the elders and not say, is this guy perfect enough to do all this? Because none of us are. But does he strive for that? Does he, is he setting an example? One of the really surprising things about what God does is that he does let humans do the work. You know what I'm scared of in two weeks at Coca-Cola? By the way, we still need another nail gun if somebody's got a roofing gun. We can borrow, but, but uh, I'm scared of a bunch of teenagers on a roof. <laughs> it's not a high roof, and it's not a steep roof. It is, it is a user-friendly roof, one that I would not have any qualms about taking one or two teenagers up on. <laughs> but what happens when you multiply teenage boys? <laughs> the phrase barrel of monkeys come to mind? Uh, <laughs> God trusts us to do his work. Why? Has he not looked at us? <laughs> Has he not seen what we do? You think he would know better by now. Say, okay, I'm sending some angels down there to run that church. And, you know, okay, you guys, you got, I'm sending you three there, you three there. Trinity Bible Fellowship, I'm sending seven. Okay, <laughs> they need help. Uh, why doesn't he do that? He set up the church so it will be run by people. And he's established people, these people we call elders, to manage, protect, give leadership to that church. And it's one of the most amazing things in my mind that somehow it works. When you consider all things, I mean, you take a bunch of flawed people and you put them in charge of a church, it sounds like a recipe for disaster. And yet somehow 
by God's grace, it works. When we try to run it according to his plan, at least, it seems to work pretty well. So speaking as one of our elders, and on behalf of the other elders, I want to tell you we know we fall short of this. Uh, we, we fall short of the standards we see here. None of us feels competent to do what this describes. But we do seek to honor God in these roles. And, and speaking on behalf of the elders, I, I just want to close with this today. We consider it an honor to serve at this church in these roles. Um, it's a blessing. Um, I hope that this message has blessed you and spoken to you. It's a message mostly to and about elders. And I... I my experience says, every time I think a message isn't going to strike somebody, it does. <laughs> I trust that God's word has spoken to you today. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for this body. And I pray that you would continue to bless this body and that you would bless this body more, that you would give that leadership, that you would give that guidance, that you would give the direction, that you would give the protection that we need. Father, this church will honor you. We pray in Jesus' name.